What's going on, millionaires? You're listening to the Million Dollar Mind podcast, episode 113 on bossing up and joining forces. What's up, millionaires? My name is Livy Liv, also known as the spiritual girl next door. Um, What you can expect from today's episode is how to boss up and join forces. So make sure you lock in with us on the Million Dollar Mind podcast and stay tuned for some gems and some good, some good conversation. Welcome back to the Million Dollar Mind podcast, the number one passion and attraction podcast in the world. Thanks to each and every single one of you who have tuned in with us week in, week out and rocking with us since day one this is the only place for tips and tricks tricks on identifying your passions and attracting opportunities to make a living while living your dreams now you heard a little bit from our special guest today we have livy live in the building also known as the spiritual girl next door i did not know that we're going to be talking about that Liv, some more but a little bit of some fun facts about Liv is she's a serial entrepreneur investor and recently became a lover of snakes, which uh, you can go ahead and start there, Liv. How, how did this love of, of snakes come about? Oh, man. I, interestingly enough, from a vacation that I took to Seattle, um, to make a very long story short, that trip was just, I mean, just opportunity to ex- discover and experience one right after the um, another. And I was actually leaving the Space Needle, which is a very prominent kind of attraction in Seattle. And I was approached by a gentleman with a huge, maybe seven foot python around his neck. And obviously I was freaking terrified. I was just shook. And, um, you know, he just kept hounding me. He was like, touch it, touch it, hold it. And I'm like, bro, are you tripping? Like, (laughs) is this how they move in Seattle? Like what's in the water? But he he just looked me in my eye and it was like almost like a um uh, an out of body connection. Like I knew like when he looked into my eyes, like I was like, damn, you know, I feel like I know this guy from somewhere, maybe in a past life, who knows, but not to get too esoteric. He looked me in my eyes and he was just like, um, why are you afraid of something that you've never done before? And something about that phrase just stuck with me. It just stuck with me. And I was, you know, it's, I was I was wanting to walk away still, just kind of a little bit petrified. And something mm-hmm. told me to turn back around. I was like, man, give me that damn snake. Now, not the seven foot python, not that one. There was a much smaller python. That's the that disclaimer. He had, <laughs> yeah, that he had, not that, I'm brave, but you know, I'm not crazy. Um, but um, anyway, he had a smaller python in the box. And I was like, let me hold that one. So I held it and instantly, I mean, I fell in love. I fell in love. Just the, you know, just how that, that animal or, you know, that, that reptile is shaped, how it moves how attentive it is, and how it doesn't speak. It's so powerful, but yet it doesn't make any noise. Occasionally, you know, the hissing, but the hissing is like almost, you know, a sound that you can't even hear unless you pay like enormous amount of attention. So, you know, just what's what snakes are synonymous with, the positive connotation that they're synonymous with, just, you know, all of a sudden I came home and I was telling my partner, I was like, I want a snake, I want this, I want that. No, I don't own a snake. I don't own a snake, um, not yet, but, um, you know, at, but, up until this point, just from that brief encounter in Seattle, I think right now snakes are my my favorite animals mm. or reptiles, pets, whatever you want to call it. Interesting. And that that man, why are you afraid of something that you haven't done before? And I mean, when I when I associate fear, I, I associate fear with usually 
we're we're scared of doing something because we've never been there before is super unknown so that makes sense and it almost sounds like the experience you had lived like being so terrified of it to now loving it it's kind of like what will smith was saying like about like uh skydiving mm. and, and jumping out of like a helicopter or a plane or whatever it is and like at first you're super scared of it but once you do it you just all of a sudden feel like you can conquer anything so that's what it kind of sounds like the experience was with that and um i appreciate you sharing that so one live i'm super excited about having you on the show as i mentioned to you and I'm, i'll say to the I guests this it. is long overdue with having you on here so i mean let's let's start and talk about you know how did you what what experience do you think you've had that kind of molded you into the livey live that we're having on the show today oh that's a great question that's a great question being um an, an atlanta native and also being multicultural um i just grow i grew up just seeing a lot i grew up mm. seeing a lot you know the good bad and the indifferent that comes with life you know not from all my experiences but also from the people around me so just from a young age i just had this entrepreneurial spirit um and and not necessarily when it comes to you know business per se but just wanting that sense of freedom which most entrepreneurs strive for it's essentially a sense of freedom so I've always had that kind of spirit within me to just be free, you know, and kind of express myself in any way that I choose to. Hence, you see, I chopped all my hair off <laughs> since the last time you saw me. But um, yeah, my father, my father was an entrepreneur, serial entrepreneur, always saw him, you know, diving um, and successfully operating several businesses. And my mother just is a hard worker. You know what I mean? The, the, the stereotypical, you know, immigrant parent who just comes to another country and hits the ground running so you know all my life well the, the the 32 years that I've been alive um I've just been blessed to witness people just kind of go after what they want and um you know taking the traditional route of going to school and going to college you know I went to school for uh to be in dentistry you know did that very well did that for about seven years but as of recently, within the past three years, I just got a really, really big itch to just scratch that entrepreneurial spirit that's been in, in, been within me. And since 2018, I've just been taking leap after leap after leap of faith. And, you know, I've been blessed enough for all the leaf to be very, very successful. And um, right now where I am now, it's just really embarking and putting all the energy that I put into maybe other, you know, friends, family, associates, their enterprises, just putting that energy into things that I want to do for myself. So that's kind of where, where I'm at with it right now. Just kind of mm -hmm. putting all that energy that I've put into other teams, you know, which is the topic of today, into, into myself and building my own team within the next few years, a few months actually to come. Got it. Uh, that that's amazing. Thanks for sharing that. And let, let, let's, uh, let's dive into that, you know, talking about the, the teams and, um, you know, the joining forces part of the conversation as well. Of course, mm -hmm. you and I, we met uh, at the small startup company that we were both a part of at, at the mm -hmm. same time. And now you share with me when you when, when we first met that you were already, you know, doing wholesaling and things like that. And that's mm -hmm. what we were essentially doing at the startup company. So, I mean, how did you end up making a decision to join a company to do what you were already doing, you know, mm -hmm. by yourself? Man, another great question. You know, there's an African proverb, and I, I'm, I'm like a proverbial queen. I've got so many mm -hmm. proverbs in my back pocket, but 
there is a, a proverb that I love a lot. And I think I've heard Oprah say this a few times that, um, you know, if you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, you go together. So, you know, I heard I, I recent, have recently just quit my job at the dental office and I was about maybe two weeks in and my partner presented to me, hey, look, it's this thing called wholesaling. I know you've been wanting to get into real estate. You know, this is an avenue. You don't need a license. You know, you can literally hop in, take up a couple classes and make thousands and thousands of dollars. So me and my entrepreneurial brain, I was like, oh, get money fast. You know, I love that. You know, so mm -hmm. I jumped in full force, um, kind of did my thing for a while, took some classes, met some amazing people, made some great networks. And long story short, I, um, I actually ended up making, a, I, made, I made some good money. I made some really good money by myself. But the amount of time that I was exuding on my own was just something that I wasn't prepared for. I mean, 13, 14 hour days, waking up mm. around seven, doing my personal, you know, my morning routines and then getting started around nine a.m. and not really wrapping up my day until about 8 30 9 p.m. Um, this was Monday through Saturday I would give myself Sundays off so um, now granted you know that did bear some good fruit like I said I did make some money I was successful at it financially but again I knew um, at the pace that I was going it was going to take me a while to kind of reach those numbers that I heard people were making which was like 30 40 50k a month because um, at that time the main you know, the, my, my main thing was to just get a lot of money. I wanted to really rack up my seed money, so to speak, so I can pour it into the bigger ventures that I, I had planned for myself. Mm -hmm. So I, I just had tunnel vision for like, just get money. So um, after a couple of, you know, hits or, or misses with a, a previous uh, wholesaling company that I was with, I ended up being in the right place at the right time and stumbled upon you know, your current manager, our, our old boss, um, Tyshawn at a, a RIA, mm -hmm. which is a real estate networking event. And um, that encounter just propelled me into being in wholesaling full throttle. I mean, everything that I thought I was doing in regards to wholesaling up until that point was minuscule, uh, you know, compared to what they were doing at that, that current startup. So, you know, I, I knew I would go far with them to go back to that proverb. And, you know, essentially I ended up going far and going fast within a short amount of time. So that's what really got me into wholesaling and, you know, wanting to kind of stop my efforts at just doing my own thing and, you know, making more money within which I did that, you know, exactly mm -hmm. the thought that I had of making a lot of money quickly definitely, you know, manifested itself once I joined a team for sure. Yeah. And it sounds like Liv, you, you, you uh, did a good job of, you first identified the destination, mm -hmm. then you identified the route being wholesaling. And then it was just a matter of finding the right vehicle. So you first tried it by itself, stumbled with another company and then found a vehicle that was kind of giving you more of, of what you were looking for. So, I mean, once finding that vehicle, what was the mindset? Were you, were you there to, you know, take advantage of the resources, you oh. know, gain more knowledge about the industry? Uh, what was the mindset behind, you know, finding that vehicle and hopping in that vehicle? That is a, man, well, you coming with some questions, but I knew it though. It's you. It's you. But um, man, again, another, another quote, and I'll be dropping quotes through, you know, throughout this whole podcast, because I read a lot, you know, and when mm -hmm. I read, I make sure there are pieces that I take away with me and not, I don't just keep them, you know, in the back of my mind, you know, subconsciously, I actually just write a lot of quotes down and throughout the day, I just read different ones through, 
you know, to see what it resonates with me at that time. But anyway, speaking of strategies, I've got a quote for that. This is actually from um, pre-COVID. I was going to a church and the pastor mentioned something about, you know, strategies and, you know, as it relates to the kingdom, for those of you all who are Christians, um, you, you know what I mean when I say the kingdom, but, you know, there's a biblical quote that says, uh, Jesus said, first seek the strategy and then the resources shall come. Mm. So of course, working by myself, I didn't have the resources, but I had the strategy, right? Because obviously I was able to make money. So obviously I had, you know, a good bit of the blueprint, but um, I knew I didn't have, all, I didn't have all the resources. So my mind frame when I joined this particular startup was, let me take a little bit of the strategy that I do have and pair it with some folks that have the resources. So that way I can get the full experience of what it is to actually be wholesaling. Because something about me, whenever I embark on anything, I give it a thousand percent. I never want to walk away from something saying that, dang, I could have did it better. Or maybe if I would have taken, taken advantage of this opportunity, it would have turned out this way. I'm not someone who likes the if and buts or woulda, shoulda, coulda's. I'm mm -hmm. like, give it your all. So that way when you walk away, either you're walking away with the lessons, some wisdom, what have you. So um, I knew just, you know, going into it, like, let me go and soak up the game, soak up the strategies. And then, you know, as everyone may or may not know, whenever you join a startup, that, that nothing bad can come from leaving or joining or being a part of a startup because it's so, it's so, it's so embryonic. It's so new. It's so fertile, you know, and for any entrepreneur, I do, I, I recommend, I, I swear by being a part of any startup, because if you truly, truly want to get a taste of what it feels like to be a boss, a boss in a team environment, get with some other bosses and see what you can do. It'll reveal mm -hmm. things about yourself. It'll reveal things about, you know, just, just things that you wouldn't know if you were just a lone ranger. You know I 100% I mean? agree. And I like, it's like, for me, I have that same sentiment with startups and in, like in sales industries. Like, even if it's not a startup, it's like sales industries too. Like being a part of sales teams is a good way as an entrepreneur to just yeah. get your feet wet and learn about production and, you know, professionalism and all that, all that good stuff. So, I mean, Live it with that being said, you know, taking and I agree 1000%. If you give it your all, it's like impossible for you to like walk away being Put the same or mm -hmm. or in a in a in a worse off position than what you were when you when you started it, whether right. you at a startup company or you at a Fortune 500 company. You get if you give it your all, you're going to identify something that needs to change, right? Absolutely. Um, what was the biggest thing that you learned about yourself? you know, particularly as a woman in the male dominated industry, like sales and like, you know, these, these different uh, positions that you've been in. <laughs> Man. Um, and like I mentioned, I was a, in, within a 12 month span. Well, actually not mm -hmm. 12 months, excuse me, within about an 18 month span. Cause I was with the first startup for about three months three or four months. And then this recent one where I met you, I was with them for a full 12 months. But um, within that span, I actually, there was a common denominator um, that I learned about myself because I, 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 cycle, I cycle, excuse me, I psychoanalyze myself very, very often. And mm -hmm. I also do self inventory very, very often, especially when I'm embarking on something that's new for me. But um, I learned that I can work on my patience. You 
I can work on my patience level, you know, and I always thought that I was a woman of, you know, very patient abilities, you know, let, mm. and let my partner tell it too. Um, but just being in that team environment, I noticed so many things about myself when it came to, when it, when it came to, excuse me, having the patience for other human beings, believe it or not, you know, and I, and I, I'd like to think I'm a very personable, welcoming and, you know, understanding, um, um, you know, woman, that's why, you know, my friends call me the spiritual girl next door. I'm very relatable, but mm -hmm. in, in a work environment, um, I have a very low tolerance for, um, just underachievers for underachievers or people who don't, um, or teammates who don't, uh, you know, psychoanalyze themselves or take self inventory of themselves, you know, because I think for a team to, to thrive, everyone must know their role, you know, know their role and shut their mouth. You know what I mean? If you, if you used to watch wrestling, but know your role and take accountability and take accountability. So that was something that, you know, if, if I had more patience for something like that, I think, especially with the first startup that I joined, if I had the patience to maybe teach more or be, you know, be tolerable of people and their differences, maybe their different upbringing, um, I could have done, I could have done some really, really amazing things, really amazing things. But I am um, really good with my discernment. So I know when it's, when it's time for me to, you know, wait things out, like go through, you know, not so great periods, but I also know when it's time for me to exit stage left, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, that, that, that is something that I, I learned about myself, which I have actively, you know, um, been working on since, you know, you and I haven't seen each other in about three weeks or so, but that's been something I've been really, really working on is to just, um, you know, harness more patience because patience Patience and gratitude can get you a long, long way. Like it can get you into doors, into certain situations, in certain networks that um, you probably wouldn't double across if you are impatient or if you lack gratitude. So mm -hmm. yeah, that that's a trait that, you know, I'm, I'm sharpening the saw on for sure. Yeah. And, and patience is always a hard thing to work in. Well, you can be oh. really, you can be a very patient person. You can naturally be a patient person, but for some reason, it's always a new mental cue that makes you forget about the patience that you've been working on. And it triggers you in a way that you might not even identify in that moment mm -hmm. until you sit back and reflect or psychoanalyze yourself and like, oh, why did I react that way? Yeah, so for, sure. for, for you, what, what was it about the, the intolerance for underachievers that you think uh, stuck out too much? Was it because you had an idea that they could achieve more or they said they can achieve more and they're clearly underperforming. What, what do you, where do you think that stemmed from? Man, it's a little, it was a little bit of both, a little bit of both. And, and this isn't, you know, for one particular startup, just in general, I'm speaking, mm -hmm. but um, it was a little bit of both because I am somebody who's still, you know, very traditional in a sense that word is bond. And I mean, I, I, um, I swear by that, you know, I grew, I, I had a father that he was a man of very few words, but every time he spoke, you know, what my daddy said he was going to do, he did, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I grew up around that same sentiment of, you know, mean what you say and say what you mean. So, you know, what I had to learn is in a startup that those, some things that they may, you know, that one may say two months ago may not necessarily transpire two months later. You know, and me being the person of, you know, holding people up to what they say, 
you know, immediately I'm like, okay, well it's month one, month two, and I'm not seeing the scale tip or I'm not seeing the chart go in a particular direction. I'm starting to side eye you because then there's a lack of trust, you know, cause I'm big on trustworthiness as well. And again, to me, um, word is bond, you know what I mean? So if you say something to me, I'm a trust that you're going to uphold your end of the bargain because I, that's how I move. You know what I mean? I say what I'm going to do and I do what I'm going to say. So yeah, just seeing that, you know, consistently, um, I was just like, man, is it me or, you know, am I setting expectations too high? But again, after having some time, a couple of weeks to reflect and read, read a lot of books about entrepreneurial, you know, you know, being a part of an actual, you know, startup culture, um, it's not uncommon. It's not uncommon for, you know, people's uh, goals or thoughts or words to fluctuate throughout the course of them, you know, handling business, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And that's where the patience come in, uh, comes into play. You know, sometimes if you can be patient, um, you know, they say, at, at, at some points when you're trying to reach a goal, the, the route may change, you know, the destination, I mean, the, the route may change, but as long as the destination stays the same, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. 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 The route, the route can change too. It can change, but the destination, once you, once you have a good idea where you're trying to go, that, that off, that doesn't change too much. Absolutely. Now, um, as patience being one of the things that you've, identify you know some things that you learned about yourself and you you've been working on that what have been some ways that you've identified to to better communicate uh to a person that you may feel is underachieving mm. man that's, that's a question if there's even a, a, a good way to do that is that is that better, yeah, better off left unsaid and you just kind of let them pick it up for themselves or yeah you know, cue the ladder, the ladder, you know what I mean? Because I am a, I am a big advocate for silence. <laughs> silence is an endangered species. You know what I mean? Like mm. people talk a lot, a yeah. lot. No, I mean, now granted for practical reasons, sometimes you do need to talk like, you know mm. what we're doing here, but I'm big on paying attention. I feel like some, if you sit back and you watch anything closely, you can understand it so much, so much better than than speaking on it you know all the time so I, I watch very keenly and that's where you know that discernment comes into play you know what I mean I can learn so much about a person by just watching for you for example uh we you know we had a lot of people come and go at the uh, the last startup that we were at and it, it you in particular I was like man I like that dude he's cool he's cool but you were a man of few words you know you would come in do what you needed to do hey peace out y'all you know come in come out but um, there, there was an energy, an aura that you carried with yourself that I was like, he's solid. You know, it's something about him that he's solid, you know? Um, and you didn't have to give me your whole life story. I didn't have to, but ultimately as we got to know each other better, uh, mm -hmm. you know, professionally and personally, you know, all the things that I thought about you were, were accurate, you know, just based on the things that you've been through, you're listening to your podcast, you know, you telling me about your personal life a little bit. But um, again, for me, um, sometimes you don't have to address everything. You really don't. Um, now, granted, if it's a life or death situation or if it's you're backed against the, a wall and you really need to voice your opinion, I do say, yeah, of course, speak up for yourself or say what's on your mind. But um, if people would just take, you know, just five, 10 seconds to sit back, observe and listen and pay attention. You know, I think 95% of the population can't hold um any attention can't hold any attention to anything for more than like five minutes 
you know, before they get if distracted. That. If that, if mm-hmm. that, you know, and I think those that that uh, statistic is getting the numbers are getting less and less. I think it's like maybe 90 seconds or something crazy like that mm-hmm. now. But if you're able to just pay attention to anything, sit back and observe, you can learn so much. And to go back to the, you know, to drive the point home about the question you asked, um, I kind of didn't need to say much. You know, I did, all, I, I did all the observing that I needed to do and, and realized that, yeah, it was time for me to, um, you know, embark on, on my own thing and close that chapter. I had given it my all at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I do want to touch on that observation piece a little bit more. And of course, without, you know, going into to too much detail, but mm-hmm. what were some like broad indicators or what are some general indicators that typically alert you when it's time to transition into something new in general? see there's this quote by buddha Mm -hmm. right buddha says um it's better actually my mom says this too but i don't know if she got it from buddha or whatever but um it's better to walk alone than to walk with a fool you know what i mean and another another uh, our culture another spin on that is um i can do bad all by myself that's another quote you know that kind of is synonymous with that Mm-hmm. So again, with me, um, and I, I take inventory every 90 days, it's something about three months that I've always, you know, got to check in with myself emotionally, physically, spiritually, kind of just see whether I'm going up the ladder or whether I'm going down. And um, in the span of being involved in wholesaling, uh, it was a quick incline up and also a quick incline down in regards to my passion for that uh, particular mm-hmm. industry. I went into it so gung-ho, so excited. I'm like, I'm about to run a checkup, which I did. I ran a checkup. But um, as soon as I ran that checkup, I, I realized, yo, money money just doesn't move me like I thought it would. Like mm-hmm. I said, I went into this, this particular sect of entrepreneurship to run up a check because I wanted to, you know, garner some, some seed money to pour into other investments. But I quickly realized in those 18 months that... Um, Money, money doesn't really move me like I thought it would. After I made a good bit of money, um, you know, relative to my my financial goals, um, I realized, man, I was unhealthy physically. I had gained like fifteen or something crazy pounds, and I'm a slim girl. You know what I mean? So fifteen pounds in a, in an eighteen month span was like wild to me. You know, of course my partner loved it, but for me, I was mm. like. This is wild. And then mentally, like I lost sight of um, my passion, my passion. I lost sight of my why. Why Mm. are you doing this? You know what I mean? Why are you working yourself so crazy? And it it wasn't by force. No one was forcing me to go as hard as I was going. It's just just the nature of who I am. I'm I'm, I'm a woman with a lot of... I'm a, I'm a thousand percent, you know, 100 as, as, as YG likes to say, you know what I mean? So I, I'm a woman with a lot of grit. So, um, it's, it's, it's not unnatural for me to go hard at something, but once I saw the physical toll that it was taking on me along as, along with the mental and the spiritual toll, I was like, ah, yeah, this ain't it. This ain't it. Mm-hmm. You know? So though, those were the factors for me. It's never about anyone else. It's never about anyone else. And I'm, I'm not, the type to point fingers and be like, oh, I, I stopped this because of this person or that person. Now, it, I always point the finger back to me, you know, mm-hmm. because I'm in control of my destiny and I create my own reality. So whatever mm-hmm. I'm experiencing, ultimately, I brought myself to that point. So again, just upon taking inventory, you know, I was just like, yo, 
everything about this is, is everything that I'm, I'm against because I know my, my own self integrity. I know what, you know, what my integrity pedestal is. And I was, I was coming off of that quickly, quickly. Now, granted, for a lot of people, you know, they'll bypass all of those red flags of their own personal, you know, pedestal of integrity because they're running up a check, you know, Mm -hmm. and that's the unfortunate state of our society. People will put running up a check over their own personal integrity. And Mm -hmm. I just can't be one of those people because not only does that poison our community, it, it, it poisons our environment. You know what I mean? Because you end up, you know, eating crap because you don't got time for anything else. You end up, you know, and what you eat ultimately affects how you think. You end up just being negative, spewing negativity, you know, just, it's just all bad. It's just all bad. And I know myself enough to know that if I were to continue down that path, I would have been of no benefit to anyone, no matter how much money I got, no matter how much I was taking my family out to dinner and spoiling my loved ones and, you know, going on a vacation here and hither thither. Uh, I wouldn't have been giving the best version of myself. So I knew enough to know like, yeah, yeah, it's, it's time to kind of pump the brake. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what, Liv, I had shared the, um, I had shared an ideology with my, with, with some of my people on my social media page that was getting a lot of good feedback. And you have people who strongly disagreed. You have people who strongly agreed and some people who just couldn't really pick sides. And, and I was basically saying like, it is not your responsibility as an adult to, put money over your happiness and, and some people just could not separate the two like happiness mm. is money or you can't be happy without living comfortably and all this sort of things and I wasn't saying that you like you shouldn't focus on making sure that you can provide for yourself and for your family but it's more so when you get to a position where you're making all this money and now you find yourself complaining every single morning about going mm. to that job that's providing that check or hanging or being around these people that you have to spend time with while in that, in that space, then it's your responsibility now to make sure you can transition to a new space and mm. not lose that momentum. Like find somewhere else that's going to provide you that same amount of money. Would you, would you agree with that? Is it as easy as, as hearsay, hearsay, hearsay? To a degree, right? To a degree, because everyone, you know, obviously has their own factors that influence whatever is driving them at the moment. For some people, it's scarcity. For some people, it's, I mean, there's so many reasons why people do what they do. You know what I mean? And when it comes to money, if I, if I could have one wish for every single human being on this planet is to just get a lot of money. I want everybody to be thinking filthy rich. Not because I, you know, I want prosperity and wish that for everyone. I just want people to experience having a lot of money so they can know that that's not it. You know what I mean? People have this idea that, yo, once I get this, I'm going to feel like this. You know, once I get this, I'm going to feel like this. You know, once I get this, people will look at me this way. But what people have to understand is that um, what you're seeking ultimately is joy, happiness. That's what everybody is seeking, but they disguise it as money. But what people don't understand is that it's like, it's backwards, right? It's like, you got to get happy first. And then again, going back to that quote from that pastor, you know, you get the strategy and the resources will fall into place. But, a, uh, you know, a, a strategy that I, I, I go by is to just be happy first, be happy, be grateful. You can use that inter- interchangeably, but be happy first. And I promise you, everything will fall into place. I promise you, it's something about the aura or the energy that that surrounds the emotion of gratitude and happiness that I don't know if it's 
the universe. Some people call it God, you know, Allah, whatever you believe in. I feel like that is like the, the, the molecule or the, you know, the resonance state that sparks, you know, manifestation. I really feel like that, you know, because that's mm-hmm. been true in my experience. Because trust me, I've chased happiness like everybody else, the pursuit of happiness. I've chased, I've chased it, you know, and growing up in Atlanta, you know what I mean? Um, and seeing it turn from what it was to what it is now. I mean, I've, I've, shit, I've, 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 been, I've been out here, you know what I mean? I've been mm-hmm. doing my thing to kind of chase this happiness that I thought would be at the end of the rainbow. But um, in the past three years, it was something about 2018. I don't know whether it was, you know, me turning 30 at that, you know, that on that year, it was something pivotal happened at 2018, three years ago, where, um, man, I was just like, this ain't it. You know, the rat race, like this just isn't it for me, you know? Yeah. And I started to dive deeply into my spirituality, um, you know, after reading so many types of books on spirituality, right? Like the, the, the Quran, I read that, the Bible, read that, like so many, Taoism, read that, you know, just trying to figure out like, what is it that we're all chasing? And essentially we all chasing joy. We all chasing joy. So it's like, um, you know, but the thing is money, money will never bring you joy. Like, I wish I could put that on a billboard. Money will never, ever, 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 ever bring you joy. See what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. you can go in an impoverished neighborhood you know, me coming from Ghana, you know, Ghana is, 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 you know, it's a very well-off country now, you know, and we grew up in a middle-class neighborhood, but there were very, there were a lot of parts in Ghana that were very impoverished. And we would take a trip into the outskirts of, you know, the city that I I grew up in, um, McCarthy Hills, you know, just to see maybe family who weren't as well-off as we were. And I mean, you literally, you know, the the depiction that you'll see sometimes at 3 a.m. on your TV with the barefoot kids and the flies, like it's it's really like that. It's really like that. But something is those children and those people had so much joy just just exuding out of their spirit. And I mean, legit barefoot with like a fly in their eyeball, you know, not to exaggerate. That's really how they was living. But, you know, you come to, you know, America, the great, you know, the land of the free, the home of the brave. And, you know, I'm around people who I know got like millions, millions, millions of of dollars in the bank. You know, I was talking to one of my partners who's really heavily, heavily into cryptocurrency right now. He's making bank. He's making so much money. And we were just having a candid conversation. And he was just like, man, live, you know. I live in this big house, you know, um, outside of Atlanta. You got a crazy, you know, he got the BM, uh, BMW car with the doors that stick up. And he was just like, I'm feeling a little lonely. You know, I'm, I'm feeling like I'm missing something. And this is a man that has so much bread. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And just to give you that, you know, that, that, that example of how I remember vividly being younger, going into those impoverished towns and seeing those children and those people dancing in the street, you know, and, you know, red clay roads, no shoes on, tattered clothes, just, just full of, just exuberant, full of Mm -hmm. life. And then come in here and you see, man, you know, men and women under 30, just looking like they 50 depressed, just out here looking bad. You know what I mean? Stressing, just stressing. Just stressing, but have all the comforts and conveniences that this world can offer. So money will not bring you happiness. You got to get happy. You got to get grateful first. 
and then everything else will fall into place. And again, this is coming from experience, not from a book. The moment mm -hmm. I made that paradigm shift to get happy first, be grateful first, is when like I feel like the stars aligned and all these doors started opening up for me to effortlessly walk through. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I agree 100%. And one, as we're talking about, you know, making the transition, if people finally identifying like, hey, I can't do this anymore. It's time for me to find something that's more suited for what I need, uh, whatever that may be. When going into anything new, Liv, what, what do you feel like is the type of mindset uh, a person should adopt when, when going into these new spaces um, and, and, you know, putting their best foot forward? Mm. I would say um, you have to like develop like a sense of integrity about the nature of who you are. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say that again slowly. <laughs> you have to develop a sense of integrity about the nature of who you are. Because if you don't, you'll be easily influenced by everything, everything. You know what I mean? And now don't get that confused with being adaptable, right? You have to be adaptable. You know, you got to be a chameleon in some effects, but um, you have to know who you are because if you don't know who you are and you're walking into certain scenarios, you're going to be easily flustered. You're going to be easily flustered. You're not going to add value to anything. If anything, you're going to subtract value from whatever you join because you don't even know who you are. You don't even know what, 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 what ticks you off. You don't know what, what makes you happy. You don't know, uh, you know what kind of environment you like to be in, the energy you like to be around. You don't know whether you like silence when you work. You don't know if you like a lot of music when you work. You don't know if you like, you know, you just people just don't know who they are. They don't take the time to cultivate themselves as an individual and then you walk in into everything wondering why every single thing makes you unhappy because right? mm. you don't know who you are you know I so that's know, something yeah. yeah you know so it's like how can you even expect someone else to move accordingly you know to your rhythm if you don't even know what wavelength you want you know mm. what i mean it's like you don't know if you high you low so now you get mad at your manager or your co-worker or you know the bystander at the you know what i mean just wherever because you expect them to know how to treat you, but you have no sense of integrity about who you are, essentially. So mm -hmm. I, I, I like to tell people, um, you know, people that I experience, people that I run into, you know, albeit professionally or platonic, I mean, uh, platonic or, you know, whatever, a personal relationship. I like to tell people, man, like, do some self-inventory. Do some self-inventory. And, and the common question I, I ask, you know, I get asked is, well, how, how do you do that? How do I get to know who I am? Because think about it, your whole life, everybody has been telling you who you are from mm -hmm. since birth. You came out the womb, your mom was like, your name is Cayenne. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, you have been labeled since birth. You know, you go to school, people are like, oh, you, you, you special education. Oh, oh, you a, a star student. Oh, you are li most likely to succeed. Oh, you are, you know what I mean? You're always being plastered with labels. And again, if you aren't um, aware of who you are, you're going to be easily influenced and, and, and not to be confused by inspired, right? Because being inspired mm -hmm. and being influenced are two different things. Yeah. But um, yeah, and it, I, I tell people all the time, yeah, just, just make sure you know who you are, man. Because if not, this, this world is ready to put a label on you. You know what I mean? Like, look what we're going through now, you know, post-pandemic. It's the non-vaxxers versus, versus uh, vaccinated. 
constantly people trying to label you. But if you know who you are, if you ten toes down, you know what I mean? And, and who you are, nothing, nothing can influence you. Nothing can influence yeah. you. Yeah. yeah. And I think that integrity piece can, it can be, it, it, it can be broad. It can be a, a point, a question that people ask, like, am I integral? Right. And, and then you get to, what does that even mean? And I think the easiest way to define integrity live and taking that personal inventory is coming up with like some core values. Like what are your core values? Because as soon as you go to a company, right, the company has core values, but why don't you have core values? Because then if, if you have your own core values and then you go into this company that also has core values, it makes it easier from you now know within a week, two weeks, if you had any business being there in the first place and you don't waste no time, you don't, you don't waste no energy, right? And you don't waste no resources either. And uh, that was even something I had to figure out myself recently. Like I figured out that, you know, I was going into a downward spiral of bad habits for the fact that, you know, I had an idea of who this person, this person was, but I didn't necessarily have any core values. So I recently mm. retook that self inventory that you, that you said, and I redefined what my core values are and the things that I'm, mm. that's non-negotiable for me. And I'm just like, Hey, if it don't, if it don't confirm or affirm any of these four core values, then I don't, I don't have any business putting any energy uh, or resources in, into, into that activity or that action. Perfect. I mean, well said, well said, bro. Cause again, you do the world a, a, a justice, you know, you know, when you know who you are. So that way now, granted, you don't have your, you don't have to have yourself all figured out, granted, because every right. day you're evolving. Hopefully people are evolving every day or, you know, whatever the, the, the cadence is of how people evolve individually, but hopefully you're getting better than who you were, you know, as the days and the years go by as an individual. But at some point, man, you got to stop making excuses. You got to stop making excuses because you are the common denominator in every single scenario in your life in every single scenario. So, you know, do, do people a favor, especially in a work environment, especially in a team environment, to go back to our topic, you know, get an idea of who you are. So that way, you know, you can see if you, to use what you just said, core values, which was heavy in, you know, the, the startup we just, we came from, um, they stress that, they stress that core values, you know what I mean? And when you know what other people's core values are, it gives you something to hold them accountable for. Right. Mm -hmm. So you can be like, yo, these are your core values. You're not you're, what, what I see and what you said are, aren't are matching. And then you can take a, take a step back and be like, well, you know, if someone else isn't upholding their core values, let me sit back and see if my core values are still intact with what they've got going on. So mm -hmm. that way you don't want to you don't want to waste precious time. I know people. They sit back, they look at life. It seems like it's a long ride, right? You know what I mean? Granted, if you're, if you're blessed enough to live to 100 years old, let's just say that. It seems like a long time. But um, on, on Monday, I'll be 33. And if you ask me how 33 came about, I'll be like, damn. You know what I mean? It came so quickly, so mm. quickly. I feel like it was just last year. I was 21 years old turning up in Miami with my girlfriends. You know what I mean? And now I'll be 33. So life comes at you fast and, you know, every moment is precious. Every moment is precious. So don't waste other people's time. Don't waste your time, especially in a job, start, a job setting and a work environment, man. Mm -hmm. Take some time, figure out who you are. So that way you can add value to the people and the things around you. Because time is of the essence, for real. For real. Time is of the essence. So add value.
from Livy Live. That's a gem right there. That's a jewel <laughs> that you just dropped. So, I mean, Liv, where, where in what you're currently doing, right? Um, did you find your passion? I know passion is a big, is a big thing. And a part of that mm. self-inventory we keep talking about is always about doing what, what feels right and what is going to bring you peace. So where in what you're currently doing, did you find some form of passion? Mm. Um, so, so first let me answer the question by, by, by saying, by prefacing it with this, the way that I get an idea of what I'm passionate about or what's ringing my bell at the moment, so to speak, or what intrigues me is by being silent. So Mm. through the turmoil of me feeling like, oh, I'm not in alignment with what I'm doing right now. You know, I knew I just needed to sit, sit, be still, be silent. You know, some people do that by praying. Some people do that by going to church, going to a temple. Me, I sit, I sit, I dedicate. Um, And right now, since I'm kind of in between, you know, avenues right now, we'll just, we'll just label it that. Um, I've had a lot of time to sit. So I dedicate about two hours a day just sitting in silence. And I mean, not reading, not watching TV, not listening to a podcast, not talking on the phone. Um, I literally, I have a meditation area in in my second room in my home Mm -hmm. where I sit um, in a certain posture. I close my eyes and I just get silent. And it's, it's amazing to me. Like I said, silence is an endangered species. It's amazing to me how much wisdom comes from just that silence. You know, I can go into it I can go into it with a, a thought or a question that I may have and come out of it knowing exactly what I need to do. So, so anyway, um, I knew enough about myself to, to, to know that whatever I embark on next, you know, I, obviously I'm going to give it a thousand percent. I want to be of service. I'm at the point in my life where I just want to give unceasingly. Like I just want to give, 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 give. Right. And, and most people's idea of giving is through in some cases through money you know what I mean people barely got time to give you nowadays barely so they'll mm-hmm. make up for it by like a gift or some money or this this you know it's, it's always like a transactional giving has become transactional nowadays but I just want to be of service I want to be of service to humanity because I think the current state of affairs that's what we're lacking man we're lacking humanitarian we're lacking um humanitarian is done. We're lacking, you know, philanthropy. We're lacking just genuine acts of service. So mm-hmm. I said, you know, the next industry I get into, I want to make sure their core value is servicing, servicing human beings. And I'm not talking about customer service or like, hey, how can I help you? You know, welcome to so-and-so. How can I help you? No, nah, I mean, like just literally giving to other human beings in a way that it empowers them to be better, be better. Because we are desperately in need of people to just you know, give to others because every a lot of people are lacking. Um, and again, not not monetarily, you know, because people are out here again, comforts and conveniences abound right now. People are doing so well, but they're empty inside. You know what I mean? 40% of the population right now is on antidepressants. What does that say about a society? 40%. We we depressed out here. <laughs> you know what I mean? But people are are doing well when it comes to you know, living, you know, mm-hmm. but yeah, everybody needs medication or everybody needs something to get them through the day. That says a lot. And if we continue down this trajectory, man, I'm, 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 I'm a little bit nervous to bring some kids into the society like that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, what I want to do, you know, the mark I want to leave behind is to just be able to offer, um, you know, be of genuine. And I think Carnegie said, said that in Think and Grow Rich. 
you know, one of his mantras is to be able to offer, you know, service to people in exchange for a generous amount of, I think it was income or something like that. So mm-hmm. that's, that's the mantra that's been in the back of my mind. Yeah. Let me just, let me just serve people, man. That's, that's what I'm here for. And that's the law of reciprocity too. You you Absolutely. get what you give. So if you give a lot, you know, naturally in, in return, you're going to get a lot too. So Absolutely. Uh, live, live, this has been a great conversation to, so far and, you know, we're not done yet, but we almost there. And uh, before I move on to the second portion of the uh, the show, you know, the latter latter portion of the show, I do want to ask you too. You know, a- as a woman, how how do you know when you are making the best decision, not only for yourself but for the the people that look up to you most and that are relying on you to do well? Mm, my intuition, my intuition, mm. yeah my intuition. Again, I'm, I'm a, I'm a big believer of, you know what I mean? (laughs) Like a broken record, taking self-inventory. You know what I mean? You gotta, you gotta know who you are. And so I rely on my intuition heavily, but the thing that I I came to realize is intuition is like a muscle. You gotta work it. You gotta work it. You gotta, you gotta harness it, you know, and women, luckily enough, where are the, the the species of the were the a part of the human species that are born with a, a a keen sense of intuition, you know. And me is speaking directly to my ladies at this point is you know you got to harness that. And, and as women, we know we know we know deep down inside when something isn't really working for us. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Not to be confused with you know when things get difficult, right? I'm I'm not one to you know cower or run away when things get challenging. But we we know when things get ugly, right? When things get ugly, that's when you gotta know when to step away, and that could be in any, um, you know, any experience. You know what I mean? When relationships, uh, the work environment, just well, wherever, wherever, we know that when that intuition speaks to us, and it's usually a gut feeling, which is also why the people who come around me, especially the women around me, I, I strive for them to eat well. You got to clean that gut out because your brain really lives in your stomach. You know, I think my uh, a psychologist that I speak to, I think she was, she gave me some statistic or some fact that said, um, I think 50% of our, our brain is in our stomach or something that's staggering or, you know, profound like that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I, I stress that people may eat, eat right right you can't think clearly when you have and I'm not shaming anyone who (laughs) likes to tear down you know chow down on some ribs or some chicken and nothing like that but you're essentially taking something else another being thought and emotions and putting it into your stomach so you know what I mean you are what you eat so if I, 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 it's hard. It's difficult for me to take advice from someone who just got done eating a rack of ribs. Not to say that I don't take everyone's, you know what I mean, opinion into consideration, but that ain't you talking, bro. That's the pig talking. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So it's I'm like, with you on that one, Liv. And I think I heard that too. I was listening to an episode of the, the in fact, I think it was the Jay Shetty show. Mm, and the, the doctor's it. name is uh, Stephen Gundry. And he was talking about like, how we get leaky gut and he was talking about a whole bunch of healthy foods even that aren't so healthy just because of how that process and and just the process they go through Mm -hmm. coming to us for for consumption so i'm with you on that one i think that'll even be uh uh, some content that you might might enjoy as well 
Uh, I could share that with you, you know, after we're done here. Um, but yeah, that, that, that your mind is in your stomach. Part of your brain is in your stomach. So if you taking, if you eating that every single day, you taking on the, the slaughter, you taking on the, 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 <laughs> the, the, the cannibalism, you also taking on the, the, the condensified, how they just live. They live very yeah. scarce and very just all bunched up and cattle yeah. together. So it's like, yeah. now you just Keep have thinking, this, right? yeah, you <laughs> just have this scarce the scarce mindset. So um, transitioning to one of my favorite parts, you know, of course, all of this is, it has been great, but we want to transition to rapid fire live. And this is part, mm. you know, part where we just lighten up the mood. We just talked about something that, you know, some people going to have a hard time listening to, right? <laughs> so let's lighten up the mood a little bit, get you to open up. And uh, I got five random questions that I just want you to answer for the first thing that comes to your mind. Okay, it's not let's go. For you to, to overthink it or anything like that. Okay. All right, let's go. All right. So the first one is, what celebrity would you want to be stuck on a plane with for 16 hours? Oh, Jay-Z? Okay. Easy, easy. Hey, hey, now this this, this (laughs) question don't count, but I saw a post where they was like, sit down with Hove or take 500k. Which one are you doing? <laughs> I saw that too. Now, granted, I do want to be stuck on a plane with Hove for 16 hours, but I'm not turning down no 500k. I okay. have million dollar ideas. Yeah. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. now nah, I'll, I'll give run me my check, please. <laughs> yes. And that's that is smart. I seen some people saying, oh yeah, I'm gonna get the I'm gonna get to sit down with Hove. I mean, I get it. Look at the ideas. empire he's built. Look at the but empire. Hope, he's look, built. the funny thing about that though is <laughs> have you ever wondered? how you can lead and influence others while developing yourself? Has getting out of your comfort zone been a challenge for you? And are you looking to create better communication skills with others to become an impactful leader? If you answered yes to any one of these questions, then Kai's new book, Lead from the Front, is perfect for you. It's a lesson on being true to yourself while being genuine to others. To pre-order your copy today, visit www.kiyspeaks.com. That's www.kuiyspeaks.com. So, so we back, so we back. So yeah, whole said take the 500K, but I, I'm with you on that one. I, that, that's not a bad yeah. person to be stuck on the plane with Liz. Oh so. yeah, oh yeah. He is a genius in my opinion, in my opinion, genius. And he cool right. with it, you know what I mean? He's cool with it. Mm-hmm. Now, if your life... All right. This one is, if your life was a movie, what genre would it be? <laughs> uh, an epic. An epic. Yeah. Like a, like a documentary epic or like a... Just well, obviously, like- yeah, it would be a documentary, but the genre would be an epic. You know, mm. like, a, like, a, like a 300, you know what I mean? Or like mm. a, just something just epic. In, in my mm. opinion, because again, in these past 32 years, man, I got enough for like a couple books. I got enough for a couple books. So definitely oh, would be something that'll see, keep you on the edge one. of your seat. I hope <laughs> to see one in the, in the, uh, in the publishing phase pretty soon. Yeah. Soon, soon. I got, I got a little more life to live though, but at some point I would definitely put it on paper to help the women coming behind me, you know, the young, young ladies, the little girls coming behind me. Awesome. Awesome. What is the most ridiculous fact that you know, but have no idea why? Oh, okay. This is a bit, a bit, you know, a little bit disgusting, but it's, it's really healthy to fart. 
to pass gas. I'm with that. Hey, like super healthy. I mean, I think I get it from like a stomach, you know what I mean, sense. But it's it's really healthy to pass gas. So just let it out. Why would you keep something in that your body is literally forcing out? Like it's like I know, but I feel like that's what defecating is for. You know what I mean? So it's just like, but anywho, it's really (laughs) really healthy. Like Google it. It's like it does enormous things for your for your body to fart (laughs) all right if you had to pick um one food to eat for the rest of your life without consequence what would it be so like i said i'm west african i'm from ghana so i can eat fufu fufu all day Mm. fufu all day and i think and i think there's a viral challenge going on with it's called the fufu challenge um, so I encourage everybody, especially, you know, my African-Americans, my black people, go to your nearest African restaurant, order you some fufu or some pounded yam, some fufu and either some okra soup, some goosey stew or some peanut butter soup. Best experience of your life. I could eat that every day, 365. And it's vegan mm-hmm. too. So, hey, win-win. Win-win. More power to you. Now tell our millionaires <laughs> out there what, what fufu is so that they could try it. Okay, fufu in itself, it's, it can either be like a pounded yam or um, it's like this starchy, oh, my mom will kill me right now. But it's, I mean, the kind of fufu I eat is like a pounded yam. So, but you, it's like you eat that. You don't eat it alone. No, it's not something you eat alone. You pair it with either a soup. My favorite soup to pair it with is peanut butter soup or okra soup. It's another, you know, another delicacy or another dish that my mother makes. Or you can, you know, do like an agusi stew, you know, very healthy for you um, and really, really delicious, like packed with flavor, like packed mm. with flavor. And it's filling too, super filling. So that's what I like. I like something that's healthy, filling and flavorful. Yeah, you got me wanting to go get some. I'm about to see if Nima's Kitchen got some. Um, Nima's right and Nima's got some really good okra soup. So mm-hmm. hey, actually, you put me on a Nima's. Either you or or Ty, I can't remember somebody. Yeah. It was, was one of us. On, I know we all, I know we had it like a couple days. Like when we told you about it, I I like I I was craving it fried for that whole week. Oh my god, it's that good. It's that good. Yeah, yeah but definitely, good. I would eat that every day. Every day. All right. Now the last one here, Liv, is what is your go-to karaoke song? You gotta be something Whitney Houston, man. I love Whitney. Um, but you know what? I don't have a go-to, but if I did have a go-to, it would be Whitney Houston. But the last karaoke song I did was Drake, Started From The Bottom. So <laughs> I guess, I mean, it was easy. The crowd loved it. Simple. You don't got to sing too much. Um, you know, it's a, it was a crowd favorite. So I was, I was sick with that. If I was to do karaoke again, it'll probably be Drake started from the bottom. All right. There we have it. There we have it. And that <laughs> wraps up, that wraps up our rapid fire segment, Liv. I appreciate hey. you having some fun with me on that one. And of course I got some closing questions for you and, um, you listening to the, to the podcast, I think, you know, where this is going. Um, this is a question I like to ask all of our guests, especially for season three. And, you know, this is, I think this is a perfect question to ask you. And that is, you know, for you to share with our millionaires, your, your definition of what self-love is. What, is, what does self-love mean to you? Mm-hmm. Mm. That's good. What does self-love mean to me? Um, 
it's self-love means to follow your desire to feel good. That's what it means. And it's nothing wrong with wanting to feel good. Nothing mm-hmm. wrong with that. You know what I mean? But when feeling good comes as a price, it comes at a, the price of you, you know, sabotaging who you are, then that comes with problems. But ch- chase what feels good, man. People like to, you know, throw out this narrative. Of, oh, man, you know, everything ain't always this or you got to suffer or you got to struggle. You got to put in the work like there's this, this mantra, this crazy, ridiculous mantra that was really popular like three years ago, like sleep is for suckers. Like, are you crazy? Are you crazy? <laughs> like, I, I don't care know. about my sleep. Yeah, I don't know who came up with that, but that caught on like wildfire and that just created a, you know what I mean? Just a group of people who just thought that, you know, joy and, and success equates to, you know, lacking, lacking, you know, things that make you feel good, sacrificing things that make you feel good. So self-love means, you know, just, just, chasing that desire to feel good by any means you know what I mean if you're in a situation that doesn't feel good ultimately it's going to ricochet or snowball into worse things you know to things that will make you feel terrible terrible so just honor honor your human desire to feel good you know what I mean and stand on it so if there's something that's not making you feel good speak on it like you said earlier, put yourself in an environment that will make you feel better. But um, don't blame nobody else because you don't feel good. It's your fault. So, so mm-hmm. chase, you know, stay, stay true to what makes you feel good. Don't blame nobody else. When you point them fingers. It's three pointing back at you. It's three pointing back at you. In elementary school. Yeah. When you mm-hmm. point one finger, it's three pointing back. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, take accountability, man. Take accountability for your joy and take accountability for your scent. Of, of of wanting to feel good because you deserve it it's a human right it's a human right i think isn't that one of the constitutions like an any alienable what, what is the word well i don't know about the constitution but it seemed like a spiritual right for sure yeah i, I think no i really think it's in the constitution about like it's everybody's oh, right to oh the pursuit of happiness yeah that one okay. that one yeah, yeah pursuit yeah. of happiness you know he was anti-government over here so i'm not i'm not saying that but i am anti you know labeling people as not not you know equal for like experiencing these things that we've clearly put in writing that all people should have that's i i think that's more so what i'm anti but um live you know you stumble you you walk in you know let's say you just taking a trip and you stumble across 18 year old live you know what would be some advice that you would give to yourself uh in 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 those moments man if i could talk to 18 year old live um i would say pay attention pay attention because the moment you know i started paying attention to myself the people around me the um circumstances that i was in the experiences i put myself in is when life started to flourish as soon as i started paying attention and, you know, and I think to go back to why I'm, I'm so, you know, in, in, in intrigued by snakes right now, they're the only animal that, um, you know, they completely just rely on their, their, their senses. Well, their ability to have a heightened sense because they can't really see like that. Well, they have nocturnal vision, but they don't have arms. They don't have fingers. They don't have all of these things that, you know, we're, we're blessed with as far as sensory perception. You know, mm-hmm. so so their ability to to pay attention is ridiculous. You know, that's why you'll a snake will see you before you see it. You know what I mean? So I they mean, taste you before you they see it. Taste you like I got a video <laughs> holding that snake, and 
the only thing that snake was doing was looking me dead in my eyeballs, sticking out his tongue. It was filling me out. It was filling out my energy, mm-hmm. you know? And, and when I would exude a little bit of fear, it would constrict itself because it was a, 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 a bow, a, a python, I can't remember. It would constrict mm-hmm. itself. But when I would be at ease and kind of want to sense it as well, it would then kind of flow and go up my arm and around my neck. But anywho, if I could t- talk to 18-year-old Liv, I would just say, pay attention, man. Pay attention, you know, sharpen your intuition, hone in on your discernment and let that be how you navigate through life. Mm, that's great advice for not just 18 year old live, but for everybody listening to this podcast right now, live. I appreciate you for sharing that. And, you know, I want to give you the opportunity now live to, you know, share with us, you know, some things that you're excited about, you know, uh, plug yourself in. If there's anywhere oh, that yeah. the millionaires can connect with you that are, you know, truly inspired about the things that you have going on and just the things that you shared, here's the opportunity to, you know, share that with us. Absolutely. So my partner and I actually recently embarked on a um, cold press juice business. So we're selling cold press juices. So you can follow us on Instagram. It's it's new. So we're building it. So new followers, I encourage if you're in the Atlanta area, put an order in. We do delivery within a 15 mile radius. Um, probably the best juice you've ever had in your life. And it's organic. So you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at the number three, the word 30 and the number three juices. So you can follow us there. That's something that I'm I'm again pouring what we're pouring um, into right now, but you know, something that I'm passionate about is, is sustainable fashion. So I've got a clothing line that I've been working on for the past about six or seven years, took a bit of a hiatus in 2020, but I'm going to ramp that back up. So, you know, if you want to support, or even if you want me to, you know, send you some merch, uh, depending on who you are, I'll send it your way. I'm going to send you one. Definitely. Kai. I'm going to definitely send some to you. Um, so you can rep. But um, you can follow me at LAO Brand. That's on Instagram as well. And that's basically just an acronym for my name, LAO Brand. But yeah, man, catch me on IG. You know, again, your your spiritual homegirl next door. Um, Only thing on my Instagram is just gems. You know, that's all I drop is life gems. That's that's Mm -hmm. all I do. Just try to empower people to, to seek their spirituality first and foremost. Awesome. Well, Liv, it's been a pleasure. Uh, super grateful to have you on the show. And you talked about gems. Gems have Likewise, been dropped left brother. and right. So I appreciate you first and foremost, you know, for taking time out of your evening to to share with me and, and the millionaires out there. And of course, to our millionaires that are that are tuning in and will be tuning in. I'm super thankful to have you all a part of the show as well. Thanks in advance for becoming the change agents that I'm sure you're you're going to become, especially if you apply some of these principles that Liv just dropped on us today. And uh, if you are an owner of a black owned business, you know, in light of, you know, what what Liv just shared with us, you know, Fridays, I am now dedicating to you. So I am bringing back Black Biz Fridays to the Million Dollar Mind community. And I am super excited to start sharing your amazing businesses to the world and how you serve uh, our communities all together. So on the date that you choose, your biz will be featured on an episode aired to hundreds of thousands over 27 countries worldwide. So to learn a little bit more about oh. Black Biz Fridays, visit the link that will be in the show notes. Oh. And of course, I'm your you guy. Go. Before, yep, you before go. I go, what's going on, Liv? Millionaires, man. I got it. You guys, Kai, Kai is dope. Kai is very, very dope. And I'm not saying that because I've worked with him and, and he's a friend of mine, but this is an amazing podcast. You know what I mean? I have a very discerning, you know, and, and, and a prejudiced ear. You know what I mean? I'm very selective about what I listen to. 
but I am a faithful listener to your podcast. Like I am like, did he, he post a new episode? And again, not because I know you, honestly, mm. not because I know you. Um, it's just, I, I, I try not to, you know, oversaturate what I listen to and what I hear. Cause again, that influence aspect, right. I want to be careful mm. about what I let influence my being, but man, you, you, ha- you pick great topics. You pick great guests and I'm just proud of you, brother. I'm proud of you. You are literally doing your thing. And, you know, I was telling some friends, I was like, Hey, y'all catch me. I'm on the fifth, you know, the, the fifth, what is it? The fifth in the country. Uh, or in yeah, the world. we know we globally rank the top five percent of all on. podcasts. Yeah, number yeah. one in passion and attraction, though. That, that that's that's us. Man, that that's huge, though, Kai. And let me tell you, Kai, Kai is a busy man, y'all. He's busy, like he he does his thing, like in the work environment. This man works, you know. He's married, you know. He takes care of home, um, and he has an amazing podcast. So. Just, I really like the episodes. Not that I, I love when you have a guest on the show, but I love the episodes when you talking your shit, man. When it's just you <laughs> by yourself, just doing your thing because you just, and, and plus your voice, you have a very nice speaking voice. So I just wanted to give you some flowers. I said I would do this before you end, but just keep it up, brother. I'm so proud of you, my brother. I appreciate that, Liv. I appreciate that a lot. You know, the affirmations are big. And, uh, you know, with that, you know, I also want to encourage the, the millionaires out there to continue to affirm the podcast and tell us what you enjoy so I can continue to bring that type of content to the podcast. So with that being said, y'all, I'm your guy, Kai Speaks, as you know, and you just heard it from Livy Live on bossing up and joining forces. And just remember to keep focus, build momentum and drive results so that you can one day soon live abundantly and in peace. Right, Liv? In peace. That's all we That's on. Right. That's right. Hey guys, so thanks to you all, the Million Dollar Mind podcast has went global. The number one passion and attraction podcast in the world right now, with huge support from the UK, Ireland, France, Belgium, Tanzania, and of course the United States. With this accomplishment, we are getting bigger and better than ever. Now that said, we are soon incorporating video production and YouTube platform to the show so you guys can witness the podcast in full effect. You can now become a supporter of the Million Dollar Mind podcast by visiting the link in the description below. Share your support with me via email and you will receive a free gift. Tis the season to give. Peace.